This is Bigger Pockets Daily, where we read you the best real estate investing advice Monday through Sunday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Tyler. And if you like this article, you'll find thousands of others like it at biggerpockets.com blog. But you can't, or at least you shouldn't, be looking at a screen when you're mowing the lawn or driving for deals. So enjoy this show and check out the rest of our podcasts. Just search Bigger Pockets on your favorite podcast app. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Meet RentApp, the seamless, secure, free way to collect rent. Built by a team of fintech veterans behind Square and Cash App, RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit funds directly into your account. You don't even need to download anything. RentApp setup is straightforward for renters, and there are no apps for landlords to download. Both get peace of mind with a digital transaction history. That means no more lost checks, managing a dozen different payment apps, or even wondering whether payment was sent. Landlords say RentApp is the most convenient way to collect rent, and we think you'll agree. RentApp, the free and easy way to collect rent. Learn more at rent.app slash landlord. That's rent.app slash landlord. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation home owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. Eight more commonly asked questions and answers to DSCR loans by Robin Simon. So far, Throughout 2023, we have published several articles on DSCR, or Debt Service Coverage Ratio, loans, a loan product that continues to grow in popularity among real estate investors. These included an overview of how to get the best rate and terms, how to use advanced strategies to maximize returns, and an overview of the new small multifamily DSCR loans niche, which expands the loan product to properties with up to 10 units in May. We posted 12 frequently asked questions and answers about DSCR loans 
All of this stuff is in the BP Daily Podcast archives. Check it out. It's awesome. This proved to be very popular and helpful for real estate investors exploring this transformative loan product. More questions and advanced scenarios continue to flow and get discussed in the Bigger Pockets forums as well at biggerpockets.com. So, we've gone ahead and decided to do another podcast to cover more of your questions. Are you pumped? Let's do it. Number one, I'm not a U.S. citizen. Can I qualify for a DSCR loan? This is a question that's going to vary from DSCR lender to lender, but it is highly likely that you will find one that can lend to you. One of the challenges with qualifying as a foreign national is the lack of a credit score, which, as we covered in an earlier podcast, makes up one of the three key metrics, along with LTV and DSCR ratios, for determining qualification rates and terms. In addition to this, DSCR lenders typically require reserves, or a few months of PITIA, principal plus interest plus taxes plus insurance plus association dues, payments in liquid assets, typically cash accounts. And many foreign nationals just don't have these assets stateside and in U.S. dollars. Some DSCR lenders, though, will allow foreign nationals, but will also typically come along with restrictions on LTV, limited to a maximum of generally 65%, rather than a typical maximum of 80% under most DSCR programs, and a requirement for a U.S.-based bank accounts for reserves. And finally, It's important to note that this applies to true foreign nationals that are non-U.S. citizens and living abroad. Both resident aliens and non-resident aliens, like green card holders, are typically fully eligible for DSCR loans with no LTV restrictions. Furthermore, one of the main advantages of DSCR loans is that borrowers are allowed to be entities like LLCs, partnerships, or corporations. And typically, if you're a foreign national that owns a portion of an LLC or entity alongside U.S. citizens, and your partner owns at least 50% of the entity and signs a full recourse guarantee, you should be able to qualify for a DSCR loan with absolutely no worries and no restrictions. Question number two. Can I purchase a property with a DSCR loan and fund the down payment with seller financing or another loan? Generally. The answer to this question is, nope. Pretty much all DSCR lenders will not allow any other liens securing the investment property you are purchasing or refinancing. Part of the benefits of DSCR loans is that the lender is only evaluating your credit and the mortgaged property, not your global cash flows or your DTI. This means that unsecured debt or mortgage loans on other properties in your portfolio won't jeopardize financing. However, any additional debt related to the property you are securing with your DSCR loan is absolutely prohibited. While some DSCR lenders will categorize everything with a DSCR under 1.00x as no ratio, some will separate near 1.00 DSCR loans, such as loans with DSCRs of between 0.75 and 0.99x as eligible and having ratios. These lenders would then call any DSCR loan with a DSCR of less than 0.75 as no ratio. Clear as mud? I thought so. Question number three. How much in reserves do I need for a DSCR loan? 
All right, reserves in the context of DSCR loans refer to documented liquid assets held by the borrower at the closing of the loan. Typically, DSCR lenders will require approximately six months of PITIA reserves to be documented. This provides the lender additional comfort aw, that the monthly payments will be afforded by the borrower in case of interruptions in cash flow from the property, such as vacancies from leasing turnover or slow seasons for vacation or STRs. Now, the lender requirement will typically range from as little as three months, or sometimes even waived completely for specific scenarios, like rate term refinances when lowering monthly payment, to as much as nine or 12 months. Extra may be required for large loans or loans with a DSCR less than 1.00. Question number four. Can I use my investment or retirement accounts for the reserves requirement thingy? Yes! Most DSCR lenders will allow the use of brokerage accounts, stocks and bonds, and even retirement accounts, like 401ks, to satisfy the reserves requirement. While they will almost uniformly be allowed, the lender will typically utilize a haircut looking good on these balances, which means they will reduce the amount that counts by 10 to 20%. All right, here's an example. DSCR lenders may give you credit for $80,000 in reserves for a 401k retirement account with a portfolio value of 100k. Why do DSCR lenders use this haircut? It's to account for the higher risk of stocks and bonds versus cash. These values can fluctuate. Well, cash, you know, stays stable for the most part, and also to account for the lesser liquidity or the borrower's ease of access to the funds. So, for example, if a borrower needed to actually use retirement funds to pay debt service on a DSCR loan, they will likely incur time and costs to sell the financial instruments, transfer the money, and may be liable for fees. Number five, can I use Bitcoin or other crypto assets for the reserves requirement? Fantastic question. Generally, most DSCR lenders will not allow digital assets to be utilized for the reserve requirements. However, this is a space that is still very new and constantly evolving, and one Bitcoin and crypto-friendly DSCR lender does currently exist. Cool. Question number six of our eight today. What is a no-ratio DSCR loan? A no-ratio DSCR loan typically refers to a loan in which the DSCR ratio, rental income divided by PITIA, is less than 1. It's a bit of a misnomer, since if the ratio is less than 1, 0.85 for example, that ratio can be calculated and does exist, but it will still be typically referred to as no-ratio. Make sense? Question number 7. Can I qualify for a DSCR loan if the ratio is less than one? Yep or do. While a DSCR loan with no ratio may sound like an oxymoron, it is not an obstacle to qualification for many DSCR lenders. Many lenders that allow loans with a ratio under one will typically require a 0.75 or 0.85 minimum. However, there are even some lenders that will allow true no ratio DSCR loans with no limits even under 0.75. These people are nuts. I'm kidding. We love you. This is our last question for the day. Why would anyone invest in a property with a DSCR ratio under one if it means losing money every month? 
Believe it or not, there are several situations where this makes sense, both for the investor or the borrower and the lender to do deals in which there is a DSCR under one. Let me explain. One example is for markets that have really high appreciation because of limited supply, booming growth, or other factors. Historically, these markets, such as those in coastal California or Austin, Texas, have earned investors gigantic returns through home price appreciation that far outstripped any minor negative cash flow. However, it's impossible to predict the future. And there is no guarantee that those markets will still earn significant appreciation returns to make investing in them overall profitable. If you got in late with Austin, Texas, you're paying the price right now. However, from the lender's perspective, at a low enough leverage point, typically 65% LTV or lower, it makes sense to lend on sub-1 DSCR to borrowers who want to gamble on appreciation, since if they default, there would you know, be a low likelihood of the lender actually losing money since a foreclosure would cover the potential loan loss. Additionally, there are other scenarios where sub-1 DSCRs, on paper at least, make sense for the investor. One of the main features of DSCR loans is that they are typically fixed rate and fully amortized for 30 years. That means the biggest expense on your rental property, the monthly debt payment, will be fixed for three decades. However, market rents typically increase every year, including a staggering 145% increase in rents over the 30-year period since 1990 and 2020. From, get this, $447 to $1,096. Huh. While taxes and property insurance rates grow as well, the monthly cash flow of a property held for 30 years and financed with a fixed-rate DSCR loan will massively increase because while rental income goes up, debt costs stay the same. As such, investors with long-time horizons will likely see great returns, even if they have negative cash flow in the first couple of years which would be more than balanced out over time as market rents are an increase. In addition, a lot of real estate investors use the tried-and-true strategy of targeting properties with tenants paying below market rents, and then once the property is purchased, increase the rents to market once the lease is up. DSCR lenders, however, underwrite the DSCR using the lower of in-place rent or market rent. So the DSCR on these properties could be negative if rents are well below market rate. In this case, these deals do make a lot of sense for investors since they typically only need to wait a few months out of a 360-month term to re-tenant the property and start cash flowing. Here's another example of a no-ratio DSCR loan that's only no-ratio on paper and will provide cash flow and solid returns. The flip side of this is if a property is rented at a rental rate well above the appraiser-determined market rent. In this case, the DSCR lender will still use the lower of in-place rent or market rent, creating a situation where the underwritten DSCR may be less than one. But the rent checks hitting your account every month? Tell a different story. <laughs> Finally, there are situations where there are DSCR lenders that are still extremely cautious when it comes to lending on vacation rentals or short-term rentals, STRs. A common methodology for these less forward-thinking lenders is to underwrite DSCRs based on the market rent the property would earn as a long-term rental, even if it's optimized for short-term stays or in a vacation market dominated by STRs. In these cases, 
the underwritten DSCR may be below 1, but in the real world, the property would earn robust cash flow well in excess of the PITIA costs. Another case of deal making sense for both parties despite no ratio. Conclusion Hopefully, this podcast helps your understanding of DSCR loans and how to evaluate investment property opportunities for which they can be best utilized. I hope you enjoyed today's article. Remember, you can find thousands more like it at biggerpockets.com blog. And for another fresh perspective on real estate investing, join me again right here tomorrow. Ta-ta!